you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. At Bank of Ireland, we want our customers and colleagues to stay safe and well. Now more than ever, it's important to know that your financial well-being is our priority. We have a range of supports available for our personal and business customers with easy online applications. Our dedicated staff are working to support you. But if you're cocooning or self-isolating at home, you can now nominate a family member or trusted friend to do your banking for you. We're also giving a 1 million euro emergency fund to support our communities right now. To find out more, visit bankofireland.com. Take care. Bank of Ireland. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. He the living among the dead. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day, Rise again. Verse number eight. And they remembered his words. So far, the scripture. By your heads with me, I want to speak to you from the subject we used last week, uh, part two of the tomb is empty. Father, bless this word and charge it with your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, it, it had been, it had been quite, quite a weekend. Their savior, their, their hero, their rabbi, their teacher, who they had thought had something special with God, a special connection with God, had been arrested, tried, and killed in a short period of time. They're in shock, emotional shock. Dare I say physical shock. How, how could this happen if you... If you've ever had a loss of a loved one that happened quickly, it, it, you know, three days ago you were here, a week ago you were here, and now you're gone. And so here, here they are in shock, and uh, adding to the, to the issue and the problem is when he dies. He dies on a Friday afternoon. Uh, if you know anything about the Jewish culture, Saturday is coming. Saturday is their Sabbath, and there are certain restrictions that, that even to this day the Jews follow regarding the Sabbath. So not only does he die, but now we got to get, get him put in the tomb before the Sabbath because we can't lift him on the Sabbath. We can't, we can't dress him on the Sabbath. We, there's all this stuff we can't do. And so, and so the, the Bible says that, that, that 
they get him down from the cross, and, and Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate and asks for his body, and because he was influential, Pilate granted him. The Bible says in, in, in the other Gospels, he was surprised that Jesus had died so quickly because, because those that were crucified took sometimes days to die. So Jesus has died. He says, get the body. They take it down, and the Bible says that they take it to a tomb. I want you real quick to go to chapter 23 in your Bibles, chapter 23. I want you to just follow along with me. Verse 53 and down. Verse 53 says, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen, that's the body of Jesus, and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn with stones, wherein never man before was laid. That tells us that Jesus was put in a brand new tomb. It's brand new, never been used. Verse 54. And the day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. In other words, Friday is the day of preparation for the Jews. They prepare themselves for, for Sabbath that is coming after 6 p.m. So Sabbath is coming. There's a rush because Sabbath is coming. we got to get him in the tomb. We've got to put him in the tomb. We've got to do what we got to do because once uh, the Sabbath begins, we cannot do what needs to be done. And so the Bible says, verse 55, this is what I want you to focus on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. I love this. The Bible says that the women came and they watched where they put him and how they laid him. I thank God for, for, for strong women. I thank God for faithful women. I thank God for, for there's something about how a woman loves that's different from how a man loves. And so, so this, these women, the Bible says, when they took him down, they followed behind. They couldn't carry the body. They weren't carrying the body, but they wanted to know, they wanted to know where he was laid. So the Bible says they, they came and they watched, they paid close attention to where they put the body and how they laid the body. And the Bible says, and then, verse number 56, and they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. I love that. It says that after they saw where he was buried and made sure how he was laid, they, they understood no one has anointed him. He's going to need to be anointed. So they go back to wherever they are. Now, remember, they are not from Jerusalem. They're from Galilee. Galilee is about 75 miles north of Jerusalem. And so they have come with Jesus. But, but, but now they go back wherever they are. And the Bible says they begin to prepare the ointments and the spices, whatever was needed. They had to get it done before 6 p.m. because they had to get it done by the Sabbath because they could not do anything on the Sabbath. So there's a rush on for these women. They love him. They're hurting, but while they're hurting, they got to get something done. And isn't it amazing? Thank God for, for women and, and for people, men included, who are able to hurt and still work who are able to, to in, while they're suffering, they're still helping. While, while they're bleeding, they're still leading. While they're, while they're in pain themselves, my God. And I want to take a moment and use this text to celebrate all of the doctors and nurses and all of the people that are in the front line, that are in healthcare, that are uh, uh, the emergency workers and, and the gas station attendants, all the people that while they themselves may be hurting, while they themselves have loved ones who are sick, they are still helping. These women were crushed in their spirit. Their souls 
were crushed because he had died. They had loved him. They had hoped for him, and he had died. And while they were crushed, they were not immobilized. Oh, we thank God for strong people who are able to function while in pain, who are able to do while they feel like crumbling. And I want to salute all of you, some mothers that have had to deal with difficult situations, women that have been abandoned by men and had to be mother and help and do for the children anyway, fathers that have been abandoned by wives and had to be father and mother, people that have been abandoned and, and hurt, people have hurt you, and, and, and yet while you are hurting, you are being kind to somebody else. That's what these women represent. They are devastated, but they understand I, I, we got to get some things done because we have to do something for his body. And so they, they do all that they can, and they prepare before the Sabbath comes. And then that takes us to the text that we read, which is that on that first morning, on that first Sunday morning, the first day of the week, they come, and they're coming. And now they're coming, and the Bible is very clear. They're coming, and not only are they coming, but they're coming concerned. Why are they concerned? How are we going to get this stone rolled away? How are we going to get uh, this, this massive obstruction, this thing that is in our way from accomplishing what we want to do. How are we going to get it moved? This the same way some of you right now are dealing with massive situations, roadblocks that are in your way, obstacles that are keeping you from accomplishing what God has put in your spirit. Some of us are dealing with difficulties that are so big, they are the size of that stone. And you, you're wondering how Am I going to do it? But I want to point this out to you as I did last week in part one. They were wondering how the stone was going to be moved while they were on their way. Oh, while they were on their way. In other words, they weren't laying in bed wondering how to get the stone moved. They were on their way, making their way towards the obstacle, towards the problem, wondering, concerned, how is it going to happen? But they were on their way. They were not laying in their bed. It's like those of us who are, who are in the midst of difficulty right now. You cannot allow the obstacles or the things you think are going to be obstacles to stop you from making a move. If you were in the congregation today, if you were in the sanctuary, I'd say high five somebody and tell them bust the move, bust the move. So if somebody's with you, just kind of nod at them. That's the new thing now. We're just going to just nod at somebody and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Amen. And so, and so they're concerned, how are we going to do it? And then when they get there, they find, as most of the time you will find when you walk with God, if you step out in faith, you'll find that some of the things you're afraid of never materialize. Some of the things that you think are going to be problems will not be there. I want to submit to you something that's even juicier. I want to submit to you that they did not even know about the seal and the soldiers that was on the tomb. They were only concerned about the stone. Why? Because when they watched, they saw them lay his body and they saw him, they saw them roll the stone into place. Then they left to go do about their business. The Bible tells us that after the stone was in place, a little while later, the, 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 the head of the Sanhedrin went to Pilate and said, by the way, he said he was going to get up in three days, so put a seal and put the soldiers out there. 
when the, I submit to you, and I've done the research, when, when the soldiers and the seal was put on, the women were not even there. In other words, there were even more obstacles that they didn't even know about. Oh, God, that's a sermon right there. That, that, that God has kept you and shielded you from some of the real problems that were there. God has shielded you. You were worried about the stone. You didn't even know about the seal and the soldiers. But God is so much God that by the time you get up to come and deal with the one problem you think you're going to have, he has already removed the other problem because the Bible says early Sunday morning, Jesus got up, the angel came down, and the soldiers were so frightened they fainted and they ran and the seal was broken. The soldiers and the seal was taken care of before they were on their way. I want to tell somebody, God has already taken care of some of the things you are concerned about and God has taken care of some stuff you didn't even know about. Oh, Lord. Have, have you ever found out later after, after maybe an issue or something happened and you found out later that it was worse than you thought? My God, but we serve a God that's able to do, here it is, exceeding and abundantly. You know, you asking for the stone, but you don't know the seal and the soldiers have already been removed. Look at the kind of God we serve. Look at the God we love. I want somebody, in wherever you are, just look up and say, Lord, you're bad, you're bad. You are a bad God. Yes, you are. I know that dates me. That dates me. I know. I don't know what the, what, the, what the new term is, but, but that's my generation. He's a bad God. You're a bad man. Amen, amen. I don't mean man literally. I'm just being using a euphemism. Okay, so, so he is, here they are. They, they're concerned. They get there now. The stone is rolled away. The problem is not there. But now, having been concerned, now they're confused. Because they get there, where, where the body? For all, for all the people that say the disciples and the, those that followed him uh, uh, stole the body and knew, do you, do you not realize from, from the evidence we are told, they came prepared to anoint a dead body. So it's not like they were in on anything and they were, th they came prepared early in the morning to anoint a dead body. They get there and there is no body. And the Bible says they're, they're confused, they're, 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 they're perplexed, they're, they're, they're perturbed. Are you, where, where? Now, they're qualified to ask because we were told in the previous chapter that they sat there and they watched where the body was put. So in other words, they said, we know he was put in here. Because we watched when they took him down and when they laid his body in there too. We watched when they rolled the stone across the entrance. So we, we know that body was in there because we watched. This is not hearsay. This is not secondhand information. We were here. We watched them put him in. We watched them seal the stone. I mean, put the stone in place. And we know. Now we are here. We see the stone is gone. Where is the body? They're confused. And you'd be confused, too. You'd be confused if you went back to, to, to a, the, a plot or, or a grave site where you know someone that you love has been buried. And you go there and, and you see a, a, the, the, the earth is unearthed. And you, there's no, you're like, where, where, where the body? Where the body? And, and so here they are. Here they are confused, puzzled, and perplexed. And then in, in, in the midst of their confusion, the Bible says, out of nowhere. Now remember now, follow the scene in the movie in your mind. They come early in the morning. 
the, the stone is rolled away. They look in, they got to look in the tomb, and they see nobody. Nobody's there but the two of them, but the three of them, because they've come in. And then all of a sudden, the three of them see two people, two men just appear. And the Bible says that their clothes were in shining garments. I like the other translation. The New Living Translation says that they wore dazzling garments. So, so it was clear these are not people from around here. Their, their clothing says these are not people from Jerusalem. The, 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 the kind of covering they had, it's almost like, and I had, I had a, a, a gleeful moment when I was preparing this, thinking about, you ever seen a, a, a singers on stage all in sequence? I mean, you, you, you don't wear that outfit to the grocery store. Not, not if you have any sense. You don't, you don't wear that outfit to take out the garbage. No, no. Uh, the sequence, you know, and, and I've seen women and men in sequence on stage because the lights glisten and when the light hit it, it reflects and it's dazzling. That's the, that's the best I can describe to you about what the angels had on. It was clear these aren't regular people. These aren't Jews from around the corner. There's something different about them. Their garments, the King James says, was shining, but, but it really, it means it was Dazzling, it was almost translucent. I mean, you looked and you could tell from what they had on that they were special. They appear out of nowhere. And in the midst of confusion, they bring clarity. Let me pull back and say this. Where there is confusion, you always need men or women, leaders, to bring clarity. One of the worst things is that we are living in a time now, especially on a national level, where our leaders, dare I say, leader, is not bringing clarity to confusion. He is bringing chaos to confusion. Rather than being clear and transparent and humble, well, Lord knows, uh, and humble and, 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 and to, 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 to empathize with, with the people that you are called to lead, you, you do more to incite and to, and to agitate. But notice, all great leaders are able to bring calm to confusion. All great leaders are able to settle the masses when all hell is breaking loose. And so here are these three women. They are confused because they, they don't understand. They, they, there's something that happens in, in, in your mind when, when, when you, the term is, it's not a medical term, you can't wrap your brain around it. You, you see it, but, and, and so they are there, they know they're at the tomb, they know they're at the right tomb, because chapter 23 says they made sure they saw where they put the body. They're at the right tomb, they're looking in, there should be a body there, there's no body there. What in the world? They're trying to wrap their brain around that, and then two men in dazzling sequence, that's my addition, Two men in dazzling clothes standing there with them. Now it's gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. What in the world is going on? And then all of a sudden the, the men said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Now it's, it's gone even crazier now. We know he died. We know he was taken now. We know he was buried. We know the stone was put in place. We have come. The stone is moved. The body is not there. Y'all appear out of nowhere. I don't know what y'all got on. And then y'all going to say something crazy like, why are we looking for the living among the dead? Because we saw him die. We saw him buried. 
Why are we looking for the living amongst the dead? Logically, this is what we're supposed to do. Logically, this is what we are called to do. But sometimes when you're dealing with God, logic will not work. And listen, I've said it before to the church. Let me say it to you again. Sometimes when you need a miracle from God, you don't need to be logical. You need to apply your faith and be faithful. Tell your neighbor, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so the angels say, no, 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 no. You're looking for the living among the dead. I love that. I love that. He is not here. He, 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 and then they say, he is risen. Woo! He is risen. Not that he's been transferred. Not that his body has been moved. The reason he is not here is because he has gotten up from the grave. I'm going to take my time right now. He's gotten up from the grave. The, 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 the grave had him, but it has him no more. The grave had a hold of him, but it has him no more. He has gotten up from the grave. He is alive. He is risen. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. Le lean in. Jesus submitted to death. And after he submitted to death, he subdued death. Jesus submitted. He, 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 he drank the bitter cup. He drank it all. He, he, he had said in Gethsemane, if it's possible, pass this cup from me. But it couldn't pass, so he drank it all. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. He drank it all. He, he submitted himself to death. But after he submitted himself to death, he subdued death. And so, and so the angels say, hey, 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 He's, he ain't here. He ain't here because somebody else moved his body. He ain't here because, because uh, something natural happened. No, he's not here because he got up from the grave. And, and then what, what, what I love about it, the, he's, the, the angel says to them, uh, Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day arise again from the dead. He said, don't you remember what he said to you? Don't you remember in your conversation with him, he, he would say things that, that sometimes you, made you scratch your head like, what's the matter with Jesus today? What are you talking about? What are, what are you talking about? Obviously, he had said it. And obviously, they did not connect it because had they connected it, they would have never prepared the spices. Had they connected it, they had never come rushing back to dress the body. So it is possible that, that somebody says something and the people who are hearing don't hear what they're saying. Lord knows we know about that. Husbands and wives, Lord knows you all know about that. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to hit me one time for husband and wife. Hit me one time. Yeah. 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 Okay, stop. That's enough because you're a husband, so stop it. Let your wife, let your wife think you, you're doing something on the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes you can say something and you think you're as clear, as clear, as clear can be. And, and the people that are hearing you, Heard something different. Am, am I right? Give me, give me, come on, band. Give me, give me an amen. Give me an amen. Ah, all y'all, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you think you as clear as crystal. And when they, you get it back, you're like, no, 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 no. no. How, how you get that out of what I said? Same thing is true with Jesus. I get, I get, I get pleasure from that, y'all. I get pleasure from that. Because at least now, now I know that, that, that if Jesus could be misunderstood. Ha, ha. Can I get an Amen.
Come on. You know, and so, and so here is, here is the angel saying, listen, he told you this. He told you when you were in Galilee, he told you that I have to be, he had to be taken, he had to be crucified, but on the third day, he was going to get up. And so, so what I want you to understand is the empty tomb, uh, listen, it is the foundation of our faith. You have to believe in the resurrection to be a Christian. You have to believe in the resurrection to be saved. You cannot believe Jesus was a good man, but that he died and his body is somewhere dug in a grave deep under Jerusalem. You cannot believe that. You have to believe because the empty tomb is the foundation of our faith, that unlike any other religious leader, Jesus died, but he got up from the grave with all power in his hand, never to die again. Somebody shout amen. amen. Not only does the empty tomb tell us that, uh, that, that it is the foundation of our faith, the empty tomb challenges us. It challenges your faith because either your faith is challenged or your faith is confirmed by the empty tomb. In other words, in other words, this is the line of demarcation. This is the line of demarcation. Uh, you got to believe. And if you're a non-believer, it challenges you. How can you believe something so ridiculous? But if you are a believer, it confirms for you. Because because Jesus came with supernatural power. And if you limit God, see, if your God is limited to only what you can do, then your God is not God at all. My God can do stuff I can't do. My God does things I can't even imagine. My God don't think like me. My God don't work like me. My God don't move like me. My God got more power than I do. And the empty tomb reminds us that either your faith is challenged or your faith is confirmed in who Jesus is. The empty tomb tells us that, that, that God, listen to me, listen to me, has done something for you. No, 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 not is doing something for you. I want to tell you in the midst of the crisis, God has done something for you. When we come out of this, you're going to find that God worked in the midst of this, that, that all things really do work together for good. Even to those of you that have experienced loss, God is going to work. I know you cannot imagine it right now because of your pain and your hurting, but God's word is greater than your hurt, is greater than your pain or your questions. God has worked something and will work something. That's what the empty tomb says. The empty tomb says God has done something. And by the way, he's done something amazing. He's done something major. He's done something that is going to blow your mind. Y'all came here to look for a body, but the empty tomb says that God has done something amazing. Uh, the empty tomb assures us of our victory. Listen to me, listen to me. When you are in the fight and you don't know that victory is assured, you're wondering, is this battle going to be the final battle? Is this thing the thing that's going to take me out? But the empty tomb tells us that we have victory. The victory belongs to us. God has given us victory. And because of this, because we are assured of victory, we can say things like Paul says, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave. Where is that victory? We're not denying the reality of death. We're saying that because of Jesus, the sting of death has been removed. Death will come. 
death has happened. I've gotten some reports that are crushing me even as I'm preaching to you right now. But I want you to understand that God's word is greater and, and death will occur, but the sting is taken out because we understand that there is no victory in the grave. So, so we're thankful for the clarity that the angels give us and thankful for the clarity of what the, 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 the tomb represents. And my final point, my final point. I want to say to you, as we focus on the empty tomb, that he is God of the empty tomb. But he is not God of empty promises. Ooh, if y'all were in the congregation right now, we'd be shouting. Listen to me again. He is God of the empty tomb, but he is not a God of empty promises. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. His promises are yea and amen. Listen to me, listen to me. In the midst of a graveyard, in the midst of a cemetery, with death all around, and questions as to what happened to the body of Jesus, the angels say to them, remember what he said. Oh! Remember what he said. In other words, remember, because if you can remember his promises, if you can remember that, that, that he has given you promises, and, and, and listen to me, the promises of God are usually given in the midst of a difficult situation. God does not promise you he's going to bless you when you're blessed. God does not promise you you'll be healed when you're, when you're well. He, he usually promises come in the midst of craziness in your life. Oh, God, I'm getting ready to shout. I want you to understand that God is a God. He, the tomb may be empty, but his promises are not. His promises are yea and amen. And whatever he said, what are some of the things he's promised? I will never leave you or forsake you. He promised that I will always be there for you. He promised that all matter what goes on, I'll take care of you. He said, I'll be with you in the midst of trouble. He said, I'll be with you in the midst of trouble and trials and tribulation. He has promised, if you stand still, I'll show you my salvation. He's promised, he is your God, and he'll fight for you. Listen to me. He makes promises in the midst of desperate situation. In the midst of a graveyard with an open tomb, he says to them, remember what he said to you. Because the word he spoke to you, even though it doesn't look like it, it's got to come through. Though you walk through the waters, I'll be with you. And if you go through the flood, they shall not overflow. If you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. Because whatever I've said, I'm going to do it. Whatever I spoke, I'm going to bring it to pass. I am the God that cannot lie. I am the God that cannot lie. If I said it, I'm going to do it. So in the midst of a graveyard, in the midst of a graveyard, in front of an empty tomb, I can tell you there's life over death. I've conquered death. I've subdued death. And because I 
I am the God that cannot lie. Whatever I've said to you, I need you to remember. I'm getting ready to close, but I want to tell somebody who is listening to me, whether you're in this city or somewhere in the nation, or you might be around the world, hear ye the word of the Lord. you some promises. I've said some words over your life. And right now, in the midst of corona, and in the midst of all of this, you cannot see how I'm going to do it. But I'm God. I said I'm God. And I'm bigger than your situation. I'm bigger than corona. I'm bigger than your fear. Hold on to my word. I'm the God of the empty tomb, but I am not the God of empty promises. If I said it, I'm going to do it. If I spoke it, I'm going to make it good. I need somebody, wherever you are right now, throw up your hands, open your mouth, and praise him for the empty tomb. Praise him. That the tomb is empty, but the promises are gonna be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand that it doesn't matter what it looks like or how things are. He is the God of the empty tomb, but he is not God of empty promises. So what you going to do, Douglas? I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ my Savior. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, I'm standing by your hands with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. The tall tree in Jim's garden had brought him years of joy. It had been a goalpost, a shading spot, and a hiding place. A little pruning, a little comeback, stronger than ever. It's gone a bit wild. Just a few of these taller branches, and we're done. Always ask yourself the question when cutting back trees or hedges. Are you sure it's safe? Stay safe. Stay clear of electricity wires. For emergencies, call 1850-372-999. ESB Networks, serving all electricity customers. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. 
Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.